by the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Well, that's good to know, isn't it? That's good to know. But it begs a question. How do you define what is a good man? What is a good man? What is a good man? Now, some people would say, uh, you know, oh, so-and-so, oh, he's a good man. He'd give you the shirt off his back. You ever heard that? He's a good old boy. If you live in the South, you know a few good old boys. But you remember the, the song that the uh, oh, Southern Gospel group, I can't remember which one. One of y'all know who I'm talking about? You know what song I'm talking about. Good old boys won't make it into heaven. Good old boys won't. It's not just about being a good old boy. Some of y'all thought I was thinking of a different song. I, I know where y'all are headed now. I'm going to pray for y'all. <laughs> it just hit me what some of y'all were thinking. <laughs> yeah, just some good old boys. Oh, my. We're going to have to have an altar call right now. Well, I just walked into that one, didn't I? Some of y'all know who that artist is. I was talking about the Southern Gospel Group. I think it was either the Kingsmen or the Cathedrals or one of them. Saying uh, good old boys won't make it into heaven. Because it's not just about being good according to our definition of good. When we find, we, we, we need to determine who is a good man. Who is a good woman. When the Bible says good man, it obviously is referring to all of humanity. And we've got to determine how does God define what is good. That's a very important question. Because God thinks differently than we think. God, doesn't, God, does, not, um, God does not attribute certain characteristics to us by our definition of those characteristics. To us, good is somebody that would, you could call them in the middle of the night and you, your car broke down and you need some help and, and, a, and a good person will get up and they'll come help you in the middle of the night. We'd say, yeah, they're just such a good person. Um, or, or, or they would take care of anything you could think of and, and they would go the extra mile for you and we would define goodness in that way. But I think for the Lord, it's a lot deeper than that. It's not just about uh, the sacrifices we're willing to make. To determine what is good, according to the Lord, we need to go to the Bible. So I got to thinking about this, and I was praying about it. And I said, Lord, what is it? How is it that you determine who is good? And I felt like the Lord quickened something to me. So if you disagree with this, well, that's fine. But I'm going to tell you what I feel like the Lord began to deal with me about concerning how he views goodness. The, the psalmist said in the 23rd Psalm, he said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Y'all remember this? All of the days of my life. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. Everybody say goodness. And everybody say follow. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the, Those are the key words here. Goodness 
I believe, is measured by its ability to follow. God is good because God is always with us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for, that, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He goes through all of those things, and then he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. What is he talking about? Goodness Goodness is not a person outside of the goodness of Jesus Christ. Mercy is not a person outside of the mercy of Jesus Christ. So when he says goodness and mercy shall follow me, the only way for goodness and mercy to follow me is because the Lord is following me everywhere that I go. Now, you say, well, he's supposed to lead us, and I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But he also, the Bible said, he also will be our rear reward. Meaning that when we, and when he said that, that was a, that was a military term. That when we would go into the battle, and when Israel would go into battle, God told them, he said, you're going to go into battle, but I'm not going to leave you, your flank not covered. He said, I will go before you. I will be your banner. He said, I am Jehovah, the Lord, your banner. He said, I will go before you, but I'm not only going to go before you. I will come behind you as well. That actually is, is exhibited very clearly when you see Israel crossing the Red Sea. Because when Israel crossed the Red Sea, the Lord caused the, the wind to begin to blow all night. And there was the pillar that led them through the Red Sea. But while he was leading them through the Red Sea, the Bible also said that he caused there to be uh, a, a darkness that covered Israel from behind so that Pharaoh and his army could not get to them. So God went before them, but he also came along behind them. So he follows us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I am telling you tonight that I believe, and this is what I feel like the Lord revealed to me, that God measures goodness by its ability to follow. God is good because God will follow us everywhere that He wants to take us. God will not leave us. If God has taken us there... God will not leave us in a situation where we can be devoured from behind. He's not going to do that. So goodness is measured by its ability to follow. So if the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, I believe that the way we know if a person is a good man or a good woman, the way that God determines their goodness is by how they choose to follow him. If we follow after the Lord, if we, he's been our rear reward, we just talked about that, but now let's deal with, he's leading us. The Bible says, thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light to my path. So, he is showing us the way. Can we go back to, uh, put, put on there Psalm 37 23 one more time the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way 
What's it talking about? It is saying that the good man delights in the way that the Lord has given to him. So, God shows us the way. He shines his light. His word becomes a light to us. And he shows us the way. And as he reveals the way, he is, by the way, the Bible said he is the light. That's one of the I am statements of Jesus. I am the light of the world. So the word that was made flesh is the light. And he says, I will lead you in the way that you should go. And as we choose to follow him, we are proving our goodness by following after the Lord. Okay? Now, just go with me a little bit tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm taking us somewhere. So we show our goodness as we follow after the Lord. Now, I want to deal with that for just a moment. I want to deal not with, not with um, who God is, because I've kind of dealt with that Sunday when we talked about worship. But I want to deal with who we are and whether or not we are following after the Lord. Because there are some things that even God's not going to make happen. God will not make you follow Him. God will not com- compel you in the sense that He makes you do anything. Now, we've got a dog by the name of Rambo. Rambo. And if you pull up in our yard and you see him come out, you will understand why his name is Rambo. He's only one year old, but when I tell you that he looks like he could, he could eat you for lunch, he looks like he could eat you for lunch. Just trust me on that. And um, we've, got, we've gotten to the point where he'll stay in our yard, so uh, we, le- we let him run around the yard. I kind of like that. You know, we live a little bit out in the country, and I kind of like that because at night if somebody comes... Uh, sneaking around our house, uh, he would put the fear of God into him, I'm pretty sure. And when you drive up, and he stands up and looks at you, and the hair bristles on the back of his neck, and he barks at you. He is one year old. Folks, he's a puppy. But you would never know he's a puppy. At, At six months old, we had somebody pull up in our yard. They wouldn't get out of the car because they thought he was a full-grown dog about to eat them for lunch. So, Rambo, I, I'm going somewhere. Y'all just hang on. UPS driver came to the house the other day, and I, and I heard Rambo begin to bark. So I looked out the window, and I saw the UPS truck come into the driveway, and I thought, well, I'm going to go out there and let him know. Ram, if, I don't know if I should tell this or not. I, may, I might want y'all to be scared of Rambo. If, uh, if, if you come to the house, Rambo's going to bark at you. He's going to look real ferocious. But if you'll just get out and say, hey, buddy, he'll just come over to you and he'll want to lick you to death. Now, that's, that's how it is. But he's going to scare you at first. And so uh, the UPS driver had come in and he wouldn't get out of his truck. You know, he was looking out, out, out the, he was talking to him. And I said, it's okay. I said, he won't hurt you. And he said, okay. And I could tell he was not entirely convinced. <laughs> That's what they all say. Yeah, you know, you're a mail carrier. 
He won't hurt you. Ah! <laughs> It'll be a first time for everything. He's only a year old. We'll have to see. And so the guy stepped out, and Rambo, you know, he petted on him. But he said, well, I'm going to get to know him a little bit because I'll, you know, be doing this route and, and all that. So uh, if somebody complains about him, you let me know, sister, and, and I'll take care of that, okay? If our mail route carrier gets worried. It, he just, he just, th- that, that's our dog. Well, he's a puppy. He, 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 he bounces all over the place. And uh, so I, I, I got to working with him on listening to us. Now, he still don't do the best job listening to the kids or my wife, but he does pretty good listening to me. Let me tell you why he listens to me so well. Because I compel him. <laughs> I make him do some things. And there's some other people who pull in the yard. They're a little nervous. I'm not, he knows I'm not scared of him. And so I make him do some things. And he does what I tell him to because I make him do what I tell him to. Does that But God doesn't operate that way. God could operate that way. But he chooses not to operate that way. Because he wants to see if you want to follow him. If you... If it's the desire of your heart to pursue Him. I am convinced that one of the reasons that God said that He was going to restore the tabernacle of David. He he could have chosen and said, I'm going to restore the tabernacle of Moses. He could have said, I'm going to restore the temple of Solomon. He could have said, I'm going to restore the temple of Zerubbabel. He could have said, I'm going to restore the temple of Herod. He could have said any number, but he said, I'm going to restore the tabernacle of David. Why? I believe it's because David was the one who said, as the deer pants after the water brook, so does my soul thirst after you, Lord. David had a desire for God. He wanted to follow God. He wanted to follow God. And anywhere the Lord took him, David followed after him. David followed him. Uh, he followed the Lord as he, as he took care of his father's sheep. He followed the Lord when he faced Goliath. He followed the Lord when he served Saul. He followed the Lord when he had to live in a cave. He followed the Lord when he was living among the enemy, the Philistines. He followed the Lord when they elected him, uh, 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 crowned him king of Gibeon. He followed the Lord when they crowned him king of all of Israel. David always followed after the Lord. He said, when he became king of Israel, he said, you know, years ago Saul was king, and not one time did Saul ever inquire after the ark of the Lord. Not one time did Saul hunger after the presence of God. If you read about Saul, you'll find where Saul prophesied one time. He prophesied. But when Saul prophesied, it it, it wasn't because he desired to. It happened because God was giving him a sign. And he told him, I'm going to cause my spirit to come on you that you'll prophesy. And it's going to be a sign to you. But it wasn't Saul's desire. And, And the Bible even said that the Lord took out of Saul his old heart. You can go study this. This is very powerful. 
The Bible said the Lord took from Saul his old heart and put a new heart in him. But yet Saul never hungered after God. Even after God put a new heart in him. When he went looking for David, God said, I looked for a man who was after my own heart. He said, that business of putting a new heart in somebody, I'm changing that. That didn't work the last time. This time I want to find somebody who wants me, who desires me, who is following after me. All right? So, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If we will follow God, God will order our steps. Now, I just wanted to establish that tonight. If we will follow God, God will order our steps. Now, if God is ordering our steps then why do we get so upset about the places He takes us? If God is the one who has shown the light and said, this is where you are to place your foot, and I place my foot there, and something about the terrain, something about the surroundings of it, I don't like, who am I to get upset and say, this can't be God? If God has ordered my steps, He is either the Lord of my life or He is not. He is either directing my path or He is not. And I can choose to be upset in His way or I can do as the good man did and delight in the way of the Lord. I can delight in the way of the Lord. And so there are going to be times in life that God begins to take us down roads that we, did, we never would have chosen to go down. We never would have picked that path. We never would have gone that way. But I've come to tell you tonight, if you are following the Lord, I want to remind you of something. God doesn't make mistakes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God doesn't make mistakes. God never chooses the wrong path on accident. God never sends you into something that He knows you'll never make it out of. If God sent you into it, it's because God has an escape plan. Some way, somehow, you're going to come out of it on the other side. God will cause it to happen. God is going to cause it to happen. There was a principle in the Old Testament. There was a principle established at the Feast of Tabernacles. Would you say that that the Feast of Tabernacles... God established a principle there in the Old Testament. He said on the first day of that feast, you are going to come into that feast. But you're not going to come just any old way. You're not going to come bringing a lamb. You're not going to come bringing a turtle dove. You're going to do that at other times. You're not going to come bringing a drink offering. But what you are going to come to the Feast of Tabernacle, you're going to bring two boughs with you. You're going to get goodly boughs. He said, one of them is going to be a willow. And the other one is going to be a palm. He said, when you come to the Feast of Tabernacles, I want you to bring with you the palm. And I want you to bring with you the willow. The palm represents rejoicing all through the Scripture. The palm represented The people of God shouting and giving glory. 
The Bible said when Jesus had his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, that along with laying their coats in the way before him, they were cutting down the palms and laying them in the way so that he could go over them because he was coming in as a mighty conquering king. Leviticus 23 and 40 said, Ye shall take on the first day the boughs of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, and the boughs of thick trees, and willows of the brook, and ye shall, everybody say rejoice. Ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. Why did God tell them to bring a palm and a willow? I believe it's because the Lord wanted them to look back over the past year. Everything that they had gone through over the past year. There were some good days in that past year. I feel like preaching tonight. There were some good days over that year that had just gone by. God had done some wonderful things throughout that year. There had been, there had been healing take place. There had been blessing on their life. There had been times when they didn't know how they were going to get through something. Yet somehow they got through it and the Lord brought them through it. And they were waving a palm for every time that God had poured out a blessing. They waved a palm for every time that God healed the body. They waved a palm for every time Moses could say, look at that rock. It's about to give you water in the middle of a wilderness. They waved a palm for the fact that their clothes never wore out. They waved a palm for the fact that manna fell every morning. They waved a palm because God was good to them. They waved a palm because of all the good things that the Lord had done. He said, you're going to come with your palm rejoicing. He said, but don't only come with the palm. Because if all you come with is the palm, that would mean I'm just the God who is with you in the good times. He said, but you're going to come waving a willow branch as well. And every time they waved the willow branch, they were remembering every difficult day and every dark day and everything that didn't go right and the sickness that wasn't healed and the person that didn't make it. And I was thinking on this the other day, and I thought, Lord, why, 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 Lord, would you allow a 29-year-old young man with a wife at home and a baby two years old, two years old, just old enough for that baby to, to know that his daddy's not there, just old enough for that baby to recognize and look at his mom and say, where's daddy? I thought, Lord, how does it, why do you let that happen? I don't have the answer for it tonight, other than to tell you sometimes the Bible said that the righteous is taken from us. No man lays it to heart. No man understands that God's taken the righteous from something worse that is, is to come down the road. That's the best answer I've got for you tonight. I don't know. I, I don't understand. I can't explain everything about God to you. God hasn't given me any particular insight into that thing. But let me tell you what I do know. Is that if that mama and that baby and that family will stay close to the Lord, God's going to bring them through this. And there's some days that I thank God that I'm able to wave the palm. But there's some days 
did you hear what he said in the scripture? He said, you're going to bring the palm and the willow. And you're going to come rejoicing. Thank you, God, for the times. Maybe you didn't do it the way I wanted you to do it. And maybe the, the answer didn't come that I wanted to come. But God, you were with me through it all. So I've come to worship you regardless. I've come to rejoice in you regardless. I'm bringing my palm and I'm bringing my willow. And I am saying that God is good all the time. I am saying, God, that you ordered my steps. You knew where you were taking me. You knew what I was going to walk through. You ordered this. I don't know why God orders some people to walk through death. I don't know why God orders some people to walk through disease and sickness. All I'm telling you is, He's God and He never makes a mistake. He's God and He has determined the path. And I'm preaching the sanctuary tonight and saying, Don't you dare, don't you dare hang up the willow and just worship God for the good days. But somebody's got to stand tonight and say, Lord, there were some bad days in the last year. But I want to worship you because even in the bad days, I know you are with me. 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 I lost my job, but God was with me. I lost a child, but God was with me. I lost a parent, but God was with me. I, 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 I lost financial security, but God was with me. I, 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 I lost some things that were so dear to me, but God was with me. I've come, God, to rejoice in you. That's why Paul said, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Rejoice in the Lord always. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Rejoice, Sanctuary Church, when it's good. Rejoice, Sanctuary Church, when you leave the house of God and you know the Lord has touched you. But rejoice when you get up and you get a phone call you didn't want to get. Go ahead and pick up the willow. Say, it hurts a little bit. It's not the palm I'm waving today. But I am going to rejoice in the Lord anyways. He is the God of my salvation. Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise tonight. You may be seated. The palm was the good days. And the willow was the difficult days. And the Lord said, this, this feast is not going to be what it's supposed to be if you only bring one of them. This feast will not accomplish what it's supposed to if you only bring one of them. And I've seen some people that knew how to come to church. And let, and let me just deal with a, a couple. Let me pastor while I'm, I'm going to teach while I'm preaching tonight. I'm going to preach tonight. Let me just tell you something. We don't live on cloud nine. Let's just be real. Let's just be honest. We don't live there. I like going there. But I don't live there. Now, when you see me, 
I hope that you've never walked away from me and said, my goodness, pastor must be having a really bad day today. I hope you've never walked away from me and thought that. I have had those days. But I hope you didn't walk away from me thinking that. Because I don't, I, I don't want to give that impression. But let's just be real a little bit tonight. We have difficult days. We have dark days. Sometimes church days are dark days. Well, we came, it's Sunday. We're in the house of God. Everything should be, whoa, we should just be, we should be firing on all cylinders today. But sometimes you're not. Sometimes it was just a struggle to get there. Sometimes Wednesday night rolls along and you've worked and you're tired and, and, and you, you, you had an argument with your spouse or you got, you got crossways with the kids and, and you didn't have time to finish dinner and all of these things. And it was a struggle to get to church. And, and you don't necessarily, when you walk in, I hope you feel different when you walk out. But when you walk in, sometimes you're, you, you, you're not really wanting to be there. Y'all just sit there and be quiet. I, I know I'm a good preacher, but I don't think I'm the kind of preacher that y'all just sit around all day Wednesday saying, My God, I can't, I can't wait to hear Pastor preach. I haven't lost my mind. Sometimes it's a struggle to get here. Sometimes it's hard because we don't live up there all the time. There are some difficult days and there are some things. So let me, let's just stop for a moment and recognize the fact that nobody lives up here all the time. And if you've got a false impression that Christianity means that you're going to be, that you're going to feel happy all the time, then let me help you tonight and tell you, you won't always feel that way. And don't let us... Because we're trying not to, 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 because nobody wants to put that on other people, don't let, don't let folks give you the wrong impression because there's great people in this church that smile every time you see them. Every time you see them. Brother Randall was here one day recently and had a kidney stone, and I didn't even know he had a kidney stone. He was in pain. And, and, and I had no clue. I would have never known that. And, and I, when I found out later, I thought about it, and I, I thought, well, you know, my goodness, that took, a, that, that took willpower, you know, because if it had been me, I'm just, I probably would have, would have, oh, y'all, y'all, y'all just pray for me. I'd have been getting all the sympathy I could. Somebody come pat my shoulder. That impressed me a little bit. I'll be honest with you. So don't let it give you a false impression that nobody has tough times. But neither should we act like everything's bad all the time. Somebody gave me a real good piece of advice one day. They said, it's never as good as you think it is, but it's never as bad as you think it is either. Y'all need to tuck that away because that has served me well at a lot of different times. Some days it's just tough. That's why I think it's good that sometimes we come to the altar. Here's where I'm going to do the pastor and I want to do. 
I think it's good that sometimes we come to the altar with a shout. Sometimes you need to come to the altar shouting. Don't hit your face. Don't come up here to cry. Come up here to shout. I'm doing real good right now. Sometimes you need to come shouting. And it scares me when, when people come to the altar and all they want to do is cry. Because the God we serve, He is the God of the willow, but He's the God of the palm as well. And there's days of shouting. I can rejoice on my face. I can rejoice on my feet. But I want to be balanced in my rejoicing. Sometimes you need to get off your feet and hit your face. It doesn't mean you're backslidden. No one's going to think that you had some grievous sin during the week. We all know that all of us need to hit our face every once in a while. So don't ever be intimidated to come weep before the Lord in this church and, and, and cry out to Him. We understand that all of us are there at times. But let's be balanced in our rejoicing. Let's bring our palm. Let's bring our willow. Psalms 137, 1 through 4 was a prophetic psalm. Psalm 137, 1 through 4. This is a prophetic psalm about Israel going into Babylonian captivity. And, and was written shortly around before that time. By the rivers of Babylon. There we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. But they said, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? They refused to worship God because all they had with them was a willow. And they said, this is a strange land. And this is a difficult time. And we just don't see how we can. So we will hang this. We'll hang our harp upon the willow trees. And we'll let it sit there. And it will just remain there until God comes in and does something good in our life. I have come to preach to you and tell you tonight, don't wait till God does something good. Don't wait till God works it all out. Don't wait till it's over. You come to the Lord with the palm, but, and if you've got to bring your willow, then you bring the willow. But you come to God recognizing that He is your God. That He does not make mistakes. That if I'm walking in this path, it's because God has ordered this path for me. And I'm going to tell you some of the things that have built my faith more than the testimonies of miracles. Some of the things that have built my faith more than the testimonies of God uh, moving in a supernatural way in somebody's life. Is knowing that there was somebody who went through an awful dark day. And some things happened to them that just about would have destroyed anybody else. But they came through it 
rejoicing in the Lord always. And it's some of those things that have built my faith through the years. Because it let me know everything may not always go my way. And everything may not always happen the way I want it to happen. But if they came through it, then so can I. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's going to be other feasts where you can worship and praise God just because He's been good. But at this feast, we worship and we praise God because He was with us even when it was good or bad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I am a good man, God has ordered these steps that I am taking. If I am following His way, God is in control. Now, Job 37, 16. And I'm going to end with this. The Lord said, Dost thou know the balancings of the clouds? The wondrous works of Him, which is perfect in knowledge. God looked at Job and, and those that were gathered there with him. And he looked at him, he said, Do you know how to balance the clouds, Job? Do you know how to keep this thing like it needs to be? What do you mean, Lord? The Lord's telling him, Job, I know when the sun needs to shine, and I know when the rain needs to fall. I know how to balance the clouds, Job. If it was up to you, it'd be sun shining all the time. There would be no cloud that would come across your day. It would be blue skies as far as you could see. But I know how to balance the clouds. Because I know that in order for the earth to bring forth and produce... It takes the rain and it takes the sun. And in order for this earth to produce, it's going to take some days of sun and it's going to take some days of rain. There's going to have to be some good days and there's going to have to be some dark days. That's why the Apostle Peter said, Don't you understand that the trial of your faith the trial of your faith, it worketh patience. God produce is, is patience not one of the fruit of the Spirit? The way that fruit is produced in you, he said, is going to be that there is a trial of your faith, and that is going to be what causes there to be production take place in your life. That's why God lets it rain on us every once in a while and that's why God lets us go through things and I'm just going to be real honest with you tonight some of those things are more difficult than other things there's a family hurting today I was at the funeral for them today and there is a family hurting I'm going to tell you there's hardly anything affected me and, and, and you need to pray for our guys that were out there at the ball field Sunday with Jimmy Hildebrand when he passed because that was a very traumatic thing for them to experience. And they were working on him, giving him CPR and contacting 911 and, and praying and doing everything they knew to do to try to keep that young man alive. And he didn't make it. 
And one of the hardest things I've ever seen happen in my life, and those guys were there, and they can tell you this. I got to the hospital uh, right behind his family, and I was sitting in, in the room when the doctor came in and looked at his wife and, and said, I'm very sorry, but I feel like there's nothing left for us to do. I, I'm sorry, but I think he's gone. And watch a young mother crumble under the weight of those words. And their little boy sitting there by by his mom. And he don't understand what in the world's going on. And family's trying to tend to him. She's trying to love on her baby, but she, she feels such grief for her husband. And you talk about seeing something that would... That will shake you. I hope I never forget the way I felt in that room. Now, I don't know why God's going to allow her to go through that. I'm going to tell you right now, though, diabetes don't feel real bad to me tonight. I don't wish diabetes on anybody. And I'm praying for healing. But I'm awfully glad that's all we're facing right now. And that I've still got my wife with me. And that my kids aren't going to look at me tonight and say, where's mama? So I don't know why God lets it rain so hard in some people's life. And it's not as hard as is it in other folks' life. I don't understand it. I don't know why. I don't know why some people get a little more sun than others do. And it seems like maybe they've got more material things or they've got better health than the others do. I don't know. All I know to tell you tonight is this. The steps of a good man. The steps of a good woman are ordered of the Lord. God brought you here. God chose this path. And God is the one that is causing and allowing you to walk down this path. And if you're following after Him, and you are sincere in that, and you are obeying the Word of God, then all I can tell you is, this is His plan. This is His plan. Today, as I was preparing this message, I prayed, Lord, Lord, if it's possible. You remember Jesus in the garden? Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And I said, God, if it's possible, don't ever let my family go through something like that. And God, the church that you allowed me to pastor don't let our church have to deal with something like that God if it's possible let that cup pass from us but Lord if you're the one ordering our steps then I'm going to say nevertheless not my will but thine be done and 
I feel like tonight is a feast of tabernacles. And I feel like tonight I've come with a word for somebody. I've come to tell you. He said, come rejoicing. He said, don't, don't hide the bad days. You don't, have to, you don't have to pretend the bad days didn't exist. You don't have... You, I hope this is helping somebody right now. You don't have to act like everything was roses and everything turned out perfectly for you just the way you wanted to. You may still be going through a struggle. You may still be dealing with the kids. You may still be dealing with the, the family. You may still be dealing with the job. You may still be dealing with, with people. You may still be dealing with the enemy. may not be all what you want it to be yet. But come in here and just worship and rejoice in God. Because the same God that gave you the good days is the same God that stu st stood with you in the bad days. I've been following him. I've been following him. That's how I know. I, please understand the spirit in the way I mean this. That's how I know I'm a good man. It's because I'm following the Lord. But the way I know he's a good God is because he's been following me. <laughs> gone before me and he's been coming behind me so I came on a Wednesday night I'm preaching a little bit different tonight than I normally do in a midweek but I came on a midweek to say raise the palm raise the willow if you hung it up go get it down go cut a bow down off of that tree you put the harp up in the willow tree, you go ahead and leave the harp. Just cut you a branch down. But step out and say, I've come to lift you up, Lord. I've come to magnify you, glorify you, exalt you, lift you up. This is my feast of tabernacles. Oh, what a good God you are. Oh, what a mighty God you are. You have been with me. You haven't left me. You haven't forsaken me. God, I saw good days. God, I saw bad days. But you are with me in the good, and you are with me in the bad. God, you were with me when I walked up the mountain. But you were with me when I walked through the valley. God, you never left me. You never forsook me. Oh, I'm going to rejoice in the God of my salvation. Come on, church. Let's lift him up right now. Let's lift him up right now. He knows when the sun needs to shine. And He knows when the rain needs to fall. He knows the balance of the clouds. He understands the balance of the clouds. You can remain standing. Two things I'm going to point out very quickly. Dost thou know the balancings of the clouds? The wondrous works of Him. Everybody say Him. Notice this. Which is perfect in knowledge. He knows 
exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's not walking blindly. He's not trying to figure it out as he goes along. God knows exactly what he's doing. And Peter, the Apostle Peter, and Jude. You can read their books. It's in 2 Peter and it's in Jude. Both of them make reference to humanity being as clouds. Peter said it. Jude said it. Humanity, they are as clouds. That's okay. God knows the balance of the clouds. And God knows how to balance your life for exactly the thing He wants to produce in you. He's not making a mistake. He is going to reap a harvest. He is planting something in you that He has ordained to bring forth a beautiful harvest in its time. God knows what he's doing. He has just balanced the clouds in your life. So don't, don't get to comparing your, ourselves among ourselves. Don't look at somebody else and say, well, their balance is different than my balance. It's going to be. Because what God is doing in them is different than what God is doing in you. Now, I'm sorry, I've got... I, I, I know we're past time right now, and I get that. But I'm telling you right now, this is going to help us if we will get this. Don't compare somebody else's situation with yours. Because God is doing something. They are a different vessel. God has a different plan and purpose for their life than he has for you. Let God do in you what he needs to do. It may... Some people have harder days than others. And I want to be careful because what I would love to do right now is go through this room. And I would, I would just like to, comf- I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I like to go comfort different people in this room and tell you. And if, if I could do it without embarrassing folks, I would. I don't think we could do that tonight. So you just please, everybody hear me. Please, the difficulty you've had and the hurt you've experienced and the pain that you have felt, I can't, I can't tell you it's not there. And I can't tell you it all makes sense to me. All I can tell you is God knows the balance of the clouds. And if you will trust him, and if you will continue to follow him, he'll keep ordering your steps. And he will bring you into that place where the thing that he has ordained for your life will come to pass. Could we lift our hands right now? Could we call on the Lord? As you lift those hands, let it be as if you're waving a palm in one and a willow in the other. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Lord, you know the way that I take. Because you have ordered my steps. Every night when our family kneels to pray before we go to bed. I've told you different times, different things that I pray. One of the things I pray, it probably comes out of my mouth just about every night. Is I say, Lord, order our steps in your word. And lead and guide us by your spirit. Tonight when I pray that. It's going to have a little bit different meaning for me. Order my steps in your word God. Lord I want to follow you. And that may take me somewhere I don't want to go. That I would never choose to go. But God if that's what it takes for the balance of the clouds in my life. Then Lord I'll walk that path. I will walk that path. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. If we could do something right now, we're going to be done. I, I know if you need to go, you can go. It's, I understand. But if, if you're able to give me just about five minutes, and we will walk out of here. Man to man, uh, man woman to woman, husband to wife, whatever's appropriate. Could we take somebody by the hand or put a hand on somebody's shoulder? And could we just pray one with another tonight? You don't know what that person may have walked through this year. And you don't know how hard it may have been for them to come in with the palm and the willow. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, the precious people in this church tonight. I thank you for their good days. But I thank you that you are the God. Of their dark days too. I thank you Lord. That they were able to come waving the palm. But I want to thank you God. That they didn't lay down the willow. Out of bitterness. Or anger. But they come on anyway. Hallelujah. Come on. There's the Holy Ghost is moving in this house right now. If you feel led and pressed to pray with somebody, you step out and pray with them. Please don't be intimidated to do that. Let the Holy Ghost operate in this church. The Holy Ghost operate in this church tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs>